We are learning Da'af Lamed Beis, and we're starting five lines off on Lamed Aleph Lamed Beis. We were talking in the Mishnah about the, the great power of the Mitzvah of Milo. One of the things that we mentioned is that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't protected for even an hour when it came to Bris Mila. So we're trying to figure out what that's referring to. So Tanya says in Rez Yishuv and Karachal Merkadola Mila, Mila is great. Even though Moshe Rabbeinu obviously had a ton of schuyas, a ton of merits. All of them did not protect him. Kishin is Rashom Na Mila. When he became weak, when late in attending to the Prismila of his son Eliezer. Remember, he's returning on the way from Midian to go save Kalal Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu is threatened to die. Rabbi says it's not Pasha Pshad in the story. You can't understand it literally. That Moshe Rabbeinu. Um, was late to do the mitzvah mila. Alakach Amar Moshe was 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 saying the following thing to himself. He said, "Amal veeitzish, I go out and do a bris mila, and then go back to Mitzrayim Sakana. That's a danger. To go within three days of the bris mila is a big danger to a child. The first three days after bris mila is two weeks. And we know from the story of Shechem that they were attacked on the third day when they were particularly weak. So the idea is that the first three days, it's a sakana to travel. Maybe you're going to say, I should do bris milah, wait three days, and then only that go, then go to Mitzrayim. I can't, because Hashem said to me, go to return to Mitzrayim. So therefore, he had a chiv to go back right away. <coughs> so basically, you can't say Moshe Rabbeinu was punished for, 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 for delaying bris milah, because according to Rabbi, Hashem basically told him that, because he said to go back to Mitzrayim right away, and it would be dangerous uh, to travel with a, with a son who was circumcised. So Moshe Rabbeinu did anything wrong. There was no wrongdoing on Moshe Rabbeinu's behalf. So then why was Moshe punished? Remember, he says that it was, it was a danger he was going to die. Because he was busy with, uh, with the inn where he was staying when he got close to Mitzrayim. He was busy with his sleeping, sleeping places instead of first attending to the bris of his son. Meaning, he was right in the moment to delay the bris milah. But... When, as soon as he was close enough to Mitzrayim, he should have done it. Um, and the idea is that a small trip is not dangerous. So as Moshe Rabbeinu was thinking about it, like, let me, let me wait till I get to Mitzrayim. And that was, a, that was a mistake. He should have been doing it when he was close to Mitzrayim. And that was like the simon was when he was staying at the hotel uh, that night close to Mitzrayim. Then he should have, uh, he should have attended to it. Now we understand what Rabbi is saying. The language of the Pesach that says it was on the way, it was in the inn. What does that have to do with the Malone? The answer is there. It finally became a tie on Moshe Rabbeinu why he wasn't giving Bismillah. Says the Gemara, a different view. Moshe Rabbeinu was never in danger. Moshe Rabbeinu was never <coughs> the one that the Satan wanted to kill. He wanted to kill the little baby. He wanted to kill the, the child. The Pasuk says, about the uh, about the baby that he was chasan damim, so a chasan is like you know a new a new groom. So it's hey, go out and see me chasan who should make obviously nobody's getting married, but why are we calling him a chasan? He's 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 a new like a chasan is fresh right new to the relationship. So the the the, the baby is a chasan because he's new to his relationship with Torah and mitzvahs. So that's why he was called a chasan. But Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't make sense to call him a chasan. So he calls him so kichasan damim atali is a reference to the child that the child is in the in the threat of death according to this view it was never Moshe Rabbeinu at all that was in danger. Bottom line is we have three opinions on the story. You most, either Moshe should have done brismila right away, should have done it at the hotel, or it was the baby that was in danger because the baby needed the mila. 
Says the Gemara, Darsh Rabbidah Bar Bizna, Bishash and Shash Mosh Rabbinim and Amila. At this time, Mosh Rabbinim was late in doing the mitzvah Mila. Bo Af Vechema. There are two Malachim. These are like, you know, call them the bad angels, angels who destroy things. One is called Af and Chema. So Af and Chema usually both mean upset, like anger. But that's just the name of these angels. So they came with Lohu, they swallow Moshe. Moshe is swallowed up by them. Veloshir Mimeno El Raglov. Only the only thing you could see of Moshe Rabbeinu was his feet. Very very interesting uh, point. The, the Rishonim say the Ran says that the Raglov here is a euphemism for his bris milah, meaning he was solid until halfway down. Miad immediately Vatika Tzipora Tsar. Tzipora takes a, a tsar, which is a stone. Vatikhor says Arlas Benah. She cuts off the Arla, the foreskin of her son. So it's it's Tzipora who is able to. Uh, <coughs> it's Tzipora who is able to take care of it. Miad a year of Mimenu. The bad angel releases Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, at that time, he, he wanted to kill these two angels. We have two angels who are trying to kill Moshe Rabbeinu for not giving bris to his son. And now, after Moshe Rabbeinu is saved, and Sephora gives a bris to the son, now Moshe wants to, you know, take it out on these angels and hurt them. Go away from anger and forsake the chema. So we're understanding this passage in Tehillim as saying literally, Referring to the angels of Af and and Chema, some people say that Moshe Rabbeinu even did, in fact, kill the angel called Chema. So we interpret the pasuk that there is no longer an angel called Chema because Moshe Rabbeinu killed him. Okay, so different views. Fractic mark could that really be? Even they this pasuk, Moshe Rabbeinu was talking in Sefer Tevarim and he says that he was Yagarti. He was so afraid of the Af and the Chema. So it sounds like Moshe Rabbeinu didn't really kill him. You could say there were two different angels. They both had the same name, Chema. One he was afraid of, one he killed. There were all the backups. Like each, each angel is not alone. You're fighting each angel. Each angel is like an army of a team of angels that supports him. So the army of Chema, Moshe was very afraid of, and we can understand that because actually Moshe did kill Chema. Now he was afraid of the. Now Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid of, of what was, what was, what was going to be taken out from the army. Says the Gemara Tanya, it says in the France, Rebbe, Now we're going to go back to all the greatnesses of Mila. About a third of the way down here. No one was as great involved in mitzvahs as the way that Avram Avinu did. Which is an interesting statement because, like, what's to say that, right? So I guess because he, you know, he had to discover Torah mitzvahs in a way. So Avram Avinu. No one was as involved in mitzvahs like him. What made him be called complete? It was only when he got a bris What afterwards does it say? So to be complete, Avram Vinu needed the covenant. He needed the mitzvah of bris Another point. We see that bris is equal to all mitzvahs. It says, according to these words, and the Apostle goes on to say, I have made a covenant between you and Kala Yisrael. So what the shot here, the, Hashem is saying that the covenant <coughs> between himself and Kala Yisrael is the Torah, right? So very good. But uh, the, we know that the word covenant also is a reference to Prismila, right? That was the whole thing, that Prismila and Parshish is called the covenant. So we see that on the one hand, Hashem's covenant is with the whole Torah, with all the words, and on the other hand, it's, it's with Mila. So we can equate that Mila is great to all of the Torah. Tavar Achar, yet another point, Gedol and Mila, Mila is great. Shomali, Mila, Unuskav, Shomai, Baharetz. Without Pris Mila, then, then, then there can't be a world. Shonema, Arim, Lopris, Yom, and Belayla. 
the covenant, right? He says that if, if it wouldn't be in this pasuk, he's talking about the bris as well. So it says that uh, if it wouldn't be if it wouldn't be for the bris, there wouldn't be a world. So what bris are we talking about? The answer is bris mila. Bris mila is the only reason why the, the world was created here. Now we're just going to continue. God, it's Avram, Prismila. At the time when Hashem said to Avram, walk in front of him and be complete. In other words, if I tell you, go do something to make yourself complete, so I'm basically criticizing you also because I'm saying right now you're not complete. Something's off. So Hashem said to Moshe, I need you. Hashem said to Avram, I need you to go be, become complete. So he was very nervous. He was trembling. Maybe I have something in me. My character, which is disgusting, which is bad about me, and that's why Hashem sees me as incomplete. When Hashem said it's a covenant, then he felt good. Meaning, Avram didn't realize it was a new mitzvah. Avram thought that he had everything he was to get, and he just wasn't doing something correctly. So that's where he was trembling. But then he then realized that actually there was something new, a new mitzvah, which he was going to get as a covenant between him and Hashem. So then it was, it was calming. <coughs> So now we're talking about actually not Prismila, we're talking about Prismi and Abisar. Remember, Avram was going to, he's told about the future of Kali Yisrael, that he's going to have a child, so on and so forth, the subjugation of Mitzrayim. So the Pasuk says that he took Avram outside. So Amal Afanov, Hashem said, Avram said to Hashem, that's what the world is talking about, I look at my mazel, it says in my mazel that I'm only going to have one son. Now, remember that um, there's Yishmael, Ishmael in the picture. So, so basically what Avram is saying is, I can't believe that I'm going to have anything more. So I'm going to say, the key is you have to get out, go outside, meaning leave what you normally would follow in astrology. So in other words, there's this, there is a power of astrology and it is real, but it doesn't apply to you. There's no mazel for Yisrael. So this is a very famous idea that the, 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 the future of Kalei cannot be foretold can't see it in the stars. So even though astrology is real, there's such a kayak. And for everyone else, you know, you want to understand what's going to happen, you could look at, at the astrology. But ain't Mazel Yisrael. So that's what we're interpreting is the language of the Apostle. They have to go outside. He's telling Avram, if you want to, I want to have a moon, you want to believe, you got to believe that there's nothing that can be, be predestined that you can fore, foretell in the astrology. Amar of Yisrael, call him Masmim Atzmo. Anyone who makes himself tamim. So this is a fascinating thing. I think it's almost a play on words over here. We saw before that the covenant of Brismila makes Avram Avinu tamim, whole, like complete. Now we're going to use a different like meaning of tamim. Tamim means where a person's heart is completely devoted to Hashem. Like wholehearted would be tamimus. Complete, but it means in a sense where your heart, where you're not, you're not drawn after other ways of interpreting your interpretation. You're just drawn to your connection to Hashem. So anyone who's masma masma is a way of saying that you're disinterested in knowing the mazel based on an astrology or something like that. You're just connected to Hashem wholeheartedly. And you're not making any, ch- you know, any, 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 any chances. Oh, maybe the astrology says this and that. So then I'll go to Hashem will protect you. He'll be wholeheartedly dedicated to you and protect you. Shinemar im chasid tis chasad with a chasid. You act like a chasid. You give tamim. So the idea is that with someone who's wholehearted, then you respond back wholeheartedly. So if we act ourselves toward Hashem wholeheartedly, meaning that we're not drawn after astrology to try to figure out what's going to happen to us, then anyone who's wholehearted with Hashem, 
the hour will be good to him, meaning that it'll, it'll, it'll do good things will happen to him. It says, about Avam Vino, walk in front of him and be complete with Brismila. We're going to be huge, right? We're going to be a leader. So, what's the connection of the Psukim? So, we see <coughs> the reward for Avram's great leadership was because he was such a dominant. Anyone who does Nichosh, Nichosh, all sorts of divination. Divination is where a person um, plays around with signs, you know, like if I see this and such such a thing happens to me, it will mean this or that. And you're able to like interpret and decide what you're going to do in life. <coughs> you rely on like omens and, and auspicious signs, so on and so forth. So anyone who does that, lo nachash, actually the future will, 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 will run after it, meaning bad things. That's the idea. It's like a very interesting thing that, that when you do that, you believe, it's like you're giving too much belief in them and that actually gives the power. This is, you know, there's many different perspectives on the Rishonim, on Nichosh. Is it real? Is it not real? You get that basic question, is magic real, you know? So, what, one thing that I think is important, and what you see in the Gemara, in, in this Gemara, is that Kol Menachash, Lo Nachash, is that actually the practice and belief in it gives it power, which is fascinating. In other words, you would say either it's real or it's not real, right? But it's very similar, for example, um, many points of Ayin Ara, many points of Shadim, it, it, the more you know about them and the more you're, 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 you're obsessed with their power, it actually, ironically, gives them power. Very, very interesting point. So that's pretty much what Rebbe is saying here. Everyone who's looking for the future through divination, so then that evil future is going to pursue him. So then if you take a look in this Pasuk, it's Marduk. How do you spell low? Right? So it's like a creek sieve, maybe. It says Lamed Aleph, right? There's no divination in Kali. So the puzzle shot is that this is, and these are the words of Bilam, right? The Bilam is saying that he's trying to curse us, but he's giving us everything to Bracha. So he says, Kali Yisrael doesn't have Nachash. So a puzzle shot is that it's great, right? We have great faith, and therefore, therefore, we don't have no Nachash, and Hashem saves us. So, so, so what? So somehow I see from there that if someone does Nachash and bad things happen, frankly, more Lamed Aleph says it's Lamed Aleph, that there's no divination, right? You don't see what Rebbe said, that if someone does divination, then divination pursues them. So you're right. Yeah, it's not logic. I'm sorry, it's not from the Pasuk, rather it's just logic. That, that, that whatever a person does, comes back to him. That's the idea. Now again, does that mean that the whole Lamed Vav, Lamed Aleph thing was just a joke? We missed it. Marshall says very interesting here. He's explaining, it's like, you know, it's like sometimes it's like a creek sieve, Lamed Vav, Lamed Aleph, right? And that's exactly the point. The more you believe it, the more it is. The more you don't believe it, the more it's not. And that's, that's what's fascinating about divination. And we always look at divination like as if there's an option where a person can either be wholehearted with Hashem or not. In the Pasuk in the Torah where it discusses divination, it says right at the end, Tamim Diya Im Hashem Alakacha. a person that does not go to divination to decide the future. He's brought inside of a sanctuary, like a private place with Hashem. Even the angels are not allowed in. There is no nachash in Yaakov, no sorcery. And uh, the idea is that Hashem lets the person in. Why was Avinu punished? And his children were enslaved in Mitzrayim 210 years. So this is a question. What a basic question. Why did we deserve to go to Mitzrayim? What, 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 what is it? You know, in this Gemara, 
it seems to say that there was a level of blame in Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu did something wrong. Why? He used some of the Chachamim. He, he was using them. When did Avram Avinu use them? When he went to fight against the four kings. It says that he, he, he had an army. And that army were his, were his students who were otherwise would have dealt in Torah. So because he took them away from Torah, that's why we went to Mitzrayim. So he mobilized all of these people who were born in his house. Says the Gemara, second opinion. He was punished because he was Hefer's Amidosa. Hefer's Amidosa means that he didn't fully trust right away, right? He asked Hashem for confirmation that what he, what, what he said was going to come true. Avram Vinu challenges Hashem. He says, How do I know that I'm really going to inherit? Third opinion. Avram was punished because he pushed away people from being becoming Geir. Um, after the, <coughs> the war, so, so, so what happened? The Mel Saddam wanted the people back. And he allowed that, right? Avram Avinu, technically, he was the, the victor of the war, so he could have taken the people. But he allowed them to go back to the king of Saddam. So he's denying these people an opportunity to become Jewish. Right? They could have been able to, if he would have, they would have come under his control, they would have learned about Torah mitzvahs. So Avram Avinu returns them to Mel Saddam. Because of that, he wasn't interested in helping people spiritually in that moment when he was punished. Now, obviously, these things are never meant to be taken as a sole reason. The proof is that there's a Gemara and Shabbos Tafyod that asks the same exact question. Why is it that Kaiser went to Mitzrayim? And it says there, because Yaakov played favoritism. And he gave the Ksonis Basim to Yosef, and everyone else was jealous, and that's what it came from. So, you know, how does this Gemara blame Avram? In fact, Gemara blames Yaakov. So the Tosos always struggles with this, and in Sacha Shabbos specifically, and the Medrash has many other reasons why we're guilty to go to Mitzrayim. So we have to understand that it's like ideas that everyone plays their part. You know, sometimes in, in, in the infinite um, reasoning of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, things are not black and white. It's not, you know, this is why, and this is why. It just means everyone has a part in it. And that's the idea what the Gemara is finding as parts, glimpses from each person in, in history. So now we darshin, so again, this is in the army, <coughs> he's rallying his army together. So who are these people? And how did he get them? By Yorek. What is by Yorek? It's a very uh, bizarre word. So Rav Amashurikin Torah means that he emptied. Lahorikin means to empty. He emptied them out of Torah, meaning that's exactly what it is and why we mentioned he was punished because he emptied them from their Torah. Because by taking them away from their studies, he was emptying them. Shmuel Amashmuel says a different chapter. Lahorikin Bizav. He brought them together with gold. So by Yorek is like to shine, like uh, the way gold will shine. He bribed the people. Isn't that fascinating? He bribed them to come, to come, um, to come fight with him. Says the Gemara, who are these people? Shabbat Shalom, Shalom, Shmuel, so it was 318 men. Actually, Eliezer, the servant of Avram, was equal in his strength to all of them. So in other words, there were 318 men according to this view, but we happen to be pointing out Eliezer was equal to all of them. Eliezer, who? It was actually only Eliezer who was the 318 men. There were no 318 men. It was just him and Eliezer. Because if you look at the Gematria of Eliezer, it's 318. As we spoke about last week from the Sitchia Satsadi, the Gematria of Yush is 317. And Eliezer is 318. Eliezer's Mida is always one beyond Yish, right when everybody else would give up. And the Mida of Eliezer was the great loyalty and dedication that we can push through. And that's the, the meaning of this Gemara. Very few. You know, Gemara quoting Gematria is not so common. But the point of knowing 318 is that it's one past that. You have to know it was a great time. How many times in Shas does it say Teku? 317. There are 317 times where we throw up our hands to heaven and we, like, we don't know what's going on. But the Midah of Eliezer 
is that uh, is there's one more. That's from Reb Tzadik. Okay, continues the Gemara of Amar of Ami Rav Ben Shalosh Shalom Heker Avam is Bar Avam recognized the Ebishtad H three Shemar Eikav Asher Shavam Bekoili Eikav because Avam listened to my voice. The value of Eikav is one hundred seventy two. Avram lived for one hundred seventy five years, so that means that for one hundred seventy two years, Hashem um, Avram didn't recognize Hashem. So that means he must have been at age three. Amar Hasatan just continuing gematria here. The word Hasatan the chushbenei in gematria tlas me avishis in barba three hundred sixty four. What does that have to do with anything? So the pshat is that there are three hundred sixty five days on the calendar. The gemara and Yuma expounds that the satan does not have the ability to be mekatrik on Yom Kippur. That's the pshat. It's very interesting that we spell his name here Hasatan, right? And therefore it's three hundred sixty four. So the very famous Rabbi Yonason Ibishit says that. It represents that the five days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, those five days is also a weak in Satan. And you're right. There is, if you spell it Hasatan, he's there in those five days a little bit. But, but if there's the plain Satan without Hasatan, even in those five days, there's a continuation of Yom Kippur Bimiksas. Says the Gemara, my Baba, Avram. Initially, Avram's name was Avram without the Xiv Avram. Later, it's changed to Avram with a hey. So that's the value of five. Initially, Hashem gave him control over 243 limbs. Remember, there's 248 limbs. That's the gematria here from Avram. But what we're saying is that initially, without the hey, it was only 243. He gave him the control over 248. So the hey was given to show that he mastered, the finally, the last five limbs as well. The Eluhain, these are the last five. Shnei and I'm the two eyes. Shnei has nine, two of the two ears. Furusha, Gvia, and the tip of the Gvia. The Gvia is the organ where the circumcision was. It was very interesting that, that the sight and hearing went together with that. It's like, it's very interesting. Normally you don't have that. You can't protect what you see and you can't necessarily protect what you hear. But Avram Avinu somehow through the Kayach of Rismila was able to master um, now what his eyes took in and his ears heard. Says the Gemara, we have a Pasuk in Koalas. There's a small city and a few people live. So if you take a look at the, the Pasuk, it's like obviously it's a mushal, but it says there's a king surrounds the city, he makes a great siege, and there's just one person there, and he saves the whole city because he was really smart. So uh, no one knows this wise man. So basically, a small city, strong man tries to destroy it, and a, small, and, and a poor wise man in the city protects it. So what's going on? Here, Gadana, Zag, go to the small city, this is the body. Right? What's the body already? It's small. It doesn't have so many people. The limbs. The limbs are the inhabitants of the body. The city. This big strong king comes to surround the Yitzhar. The Yitzhar is besieging the body to get us to sin. He makes a great siege. Those are all the sins. All the sins that we do, it, it, it surrounds it, right? It, it just, they surround our body. But there's a wise poor man. That's the good inclination that helps you. So he saves the city with his wisdom. And if you have that, then even if a person was already trapped in sin, tshuva ma'asim tovim can pick him up. No one remembers a poor man. At the time when one gets the grip of the yitzhar, he sees by the temptation, he literally doesn't remember that he even has yitzhar tells. That's why it's such an uphill battle. Continues the Gemara. This is, by the way, my Chazal always say, that you're meant to fight the yitzhar by not getting into the temptation, to avoid the temptation. This is why these say to the Gemara. When a person has the temptation, he doesn't even remember he has a Yitzhar Tov, the Gemara says. 
Wisdom can strengthen a wise man more than ten different rulers. The wisdom, strengthening the wise, this refers to the tshuva and ma'asim tovim that strengthen us. More than ten rulers. What are the ten rulers? The two eyes, two ears, two hands, the two legs, and the tip of the organ, and the mouth. So these are all the, the body things that carry out most of the bodily functions. Obviously, there are more than ten, but the, these are the primary ten organs. And uh, the idea is that theoretically, tshuva and tovim, are able to rule over, to dominate these, uh, these limbs. Says the Gemara, Originally the plan was that Kahuna was going to come from shame. Shame was the son of Noah. He was going to be the Kohen. That's what he was, right? He was as an interaction, an encounter between Avram, Vino, and Shame after the war with the kings. So he was called a kain. But what happened? He greets Avram by blessing him before he blesses God. So then Hashem switched and he altered course and he brought the, the, the leadership from Avram. Baruch Avram blesses Avram to the God of Abai. So it sounds like we're blessing first Avram and only then Akalish Baruch. So that Hashem was punished for that. Avram said, Is that the right thing to do to give the bracha to the servant before the master? So therefore the priesthood was given to Avram instead. Hashem to my master, that's the Avram waited the right until I make uh, your enemies a foot, a stool for your feet. So basically, Hashem was telling Avram he would help him fight the core king, the four kings. Right afterwards, what does the Pasik say? Nishpa Hashem, Hashem is sworn for Yinachim, you won't hold back on this. At the Kayin You're the Kayin, Al Devrasi Malki Tzedek, for your king, Al Devrasi Malki Tzedek. So what does that mean? So you could say that it's just saying because of the, you're a king of Tzedek, of righteousness. But we say no, Al Diburo, because of the words, Shel Malki Tzedek, of Malki Tzedek. That was shame. Shame said the words of giving the bracha to Avram first instead of Hashem, and that's what switched and made Avram Avinu into a Kohen. He, Shame, was a priest. Who Kohen? Only he was a priest. But his children are not going to be a priest. He only, only he would be a Kohen, but in the future it's going to only come from Avram Avinu.